Welcome to tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I'm your host, number one. Soon we'll be joined by our panel. Tonight we're going to talk about are we seeking acceptance or equality? It seems as if no one knows who they are. One could also believe that people nowadays want validation because they're afraid to stand for something alone. I think that seeking acceptance is almost like conforming, and we are too strong to conform. I was having a conversation with a gentleman, and he was to pick up on some things just by me being myself. I think that one should be who they are and be strong regardless of if anybody's watching or anyone's around to validate them for being such. And that's also where your integrity comes in. So we're going to pause right here, and we're going to start taking calls, start this conversation. Good evening. Good evening. So what do you think about that? Oh, you you said the question is, are we seeking acceptance or equality? Equality, yes. Personally, um, I, let me let me think about this because my my initial answer would be. I don't know if being accepted matters to me because I am who I am. God made me. So if if one person doesn't accept me, then I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. If society doesn't accept me, then I'm okay with that as long as I'm living the way God has desired me to live. Um, But I, I think I probably have to think about that a little bit more. Um, and then when you talk about equality, I'm not equal to anyone. I'm right, unique. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because God made me, and, and God didn't make any two men or any two women alike. So um, I don't want to be anyone's equal, because if I'm if I'm equal to someone, then that doesn't make me unique. I no longer stand out. I know I'm no longer set apart. Um, so I don't seek equality because I don't necessarily view equality as fair treatment. That's good. Makes sense? It does. It does. It makes great sense. So we've had conversations before, like when we talk about um, equal pay. I don't want equal pay because I'm not going to be able to, you know, like if you and I are for the same job, I'm not going to be able to do what you do. Um, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do what I do. So so if 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 they pay me equal to you, then I think I'm leaving some money on the table. You may be able to explain things or you may be able to explain the crux of an issue. Um, without having a solution, I may be able to explain the solution to the issue. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being paid the same thing you're being paid and all you're doing, 
excuse me, is giving folks detail as to what the problem is, and I'm the one actually solving the problem, I want to be paid more than you are. Because you're not doing anything. Um, so I would like, I would, you know, I would contest or say that, that you know, equality doesn't e- compute to um, fair treatment for me um, when it comes to pay, when it comes to um, promotions, um, any of it. I mean, I want to be viewed as an individual. I, I want to be rated um, on my own skill set, on my own merits, not in comparison to someone else because I don't know what they bring to the table or not. Right. So could that be the same even in society? Like instead of um, making blanket statements and trying to group everyone together and treat everybody, uh, let's say, like a criminal, won't, wouldn't you want them to treat you as an individual? Me personally, I, I would. As a, as a black man, I would definitely want to treat me as an individual because I haven't done it. You know what I mean? Don't treat me as though I'm the criminal when I haven't done it. I'm with you. Yeah, I think that, that I think that um society do allow blanket statements um and observations. I think also with that in in society no one it's like everybody's afraid to be that individual. Right? Even even that even if it's that individual that said, Hey, that wasn't me. So don't treat me like I did it. You know what I mean? People doesn't they don't yearn for individuality. When we were young, um we didn't want to look like anyone else. We may saw a haircut or a style that we liked and kinda emulated it, but we put our own twist to it. You know what I mean? We made it ours. Nowadays, everybody's doing everything exactly exactly alike. So is it is it because they're there's no individuality. There's no there's no individuality. There's no um pats on the back for being an individual. They they're all they're putting themselves into these into groups, uh, and maybe it's the fear of standing out. Maybe it's the confidence levels. I don't know why, but but nobody wants to be that sore thumb, you know. And it's funny because, mm-hmm. like you said, back in the day, some we took pride in being a sore thumb. Like if nobody else was wearing cross colors, we were probably going to be the one wearing cross colors. Or when we went shopping, we always looked for something different. Like, I don't want to wear what everybody else wearing. You know, um, you know, and even, even for, um, you know, going to the prom, you know, like I remember going from going to another state to buy my prom dress because I didn't want everybody else to have the prom dress I had. Mm. You know, like I don't want to look like nobody else. 
You know, like if you go into a store and, and they got 40 of the same shirts, you know, chances are you're looking, I don't want the shirt because everybody's going to be wearing it. You know, we want it to be different now. Like I said, everybody wants to be alike. Everybody wants to be, you know, um, they, they, they have to have someone to be like, you know. So it's kind of weird because I don't understand it either. You know, like even with our son, it's like we, you know, we're raising him to, to with the standards that we were raised, if, if not more, you know, like higher standards as far as when it, especially when it comes to appearance and stuff and, and his thought process is I'm overdressed. Like what? Don't don't nobody wear jeans, everybody wear sweatpants or or uh, you know, basketball shorts. And, and we're looking like you need to be the one standing out. You need to be the one catching the attention because you don't wanna look like when a blessing comes through, you don't want to be mistaken for for average. Absolutely. You don't want to be mistaken for mediocre. So you mm-hmm. you know you need to you know, um, but I don't know if it's the culture. I don't know if it's the, the parenting who's not instilling that type of uh, confidence. You know, like this morning, you know, I get get the boys dressed for school every morning, and so I make it. My business to every morning we get the little ones dressed, they brush their teeth, you know, we're brushing their hair. It's like, all right, handsome, you know, let's let's go. You know, so today with the baby, I, you know, I got his teeth brushed and I said, you know, check his teeth, let me check your teeth, and he does it. And I said, all right, good looking, you know, let's let's get moving. And so Mason, he says, you know, mommy, and when you check my teeth, can you use the word good looking? Yeah, you know, so it is, you know, and because normally I just say, all right, handsome, let's go, you know, um, today, I don't know what made me say good looking today, but he, you know, he wanted to, he's like, hey, you know, I want to be called good looking, so, you know, and usually that's the one who wants to get up, he was like, I just want to wear sweatpants, you know, but today he wanted to be called good looking. So it's, it's one of those things where I think that the, the confidence building starts as, you know, as young as they, they possibly are so that by the time they get to the age where they can make their own decisions and stuff like that, they, they have that confidence to be different or, you know, they have the confidence to stand out, not to be in the crowd and, you know, right, right. It's but I think nowadays, uh, and that's a great point. But nowadays, everybody have this herd like mentality, right? So now, if so and so says, uh, let's let's take hip hop and politics. If Ice Cube says, you know, vote for Biden, everybody's like, okay, yeah. well, you know what? I trust Ice Cube, so I'm gonna vote for Biden. We'll vote for Biden. Yep, yep, yep. And it's like, wait, what is he? What is what principles is he running on? What is his platform? It's like, well, I don't know, but Ice Cube says so, so I'm a, that's what I'm gonna do. Really? Do you know Ice Cube? Yeah. No, I know he. I know he was a rapper. Huh. They trust. They they trust the opinions of uh 
are celebrities, but why? Well, and and but think about it now. What happens to trusting your parents? If, if I was sucking into one one political party situation because that's what my parents did. That's what, that's the direction they went. But until I start once I start learning for myself, and until I learn for myself, I made my own decision. But now no one wants to learn for themselves made their own decisions because because they're afraid of what everyone is going to think. And the funny thing is, voting is anonymous. So no one's going to know which way you went, but you still tend to want to follow the herd if you participate. Yeah. That's yeah, scary. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed, it is scary. It is scary. So, so okay, and and even you know when you, when you talk about it on that level, and you were, um, like you said, and I'm not gonna say tricked into being into believing that you were one party and you know, and not the other, um, but even when you talk about faith. You know, growing up, you know, we were raised as Christians because, you know, my family Christian. Not necessarily mm-hmm. knowing for ourselves that you don't have to, I don't have to have a label in order to say that my God is my God. I don't have to have a yep. label. You know, I don't have to say, you know, or be Jewish or, or be Catholic to wear a rosary. Of, of what I believe to be, you know, a uh, symbol of, of my God and the sacrifice that he made for me. Um, so, you know, you don't, you don't have to put a label on yourself in order to believe what you believe or, you know, to be who you are. Um, for me, again, when we talk about acceptance Inequality. The more and more I think about it, I don't seek acceptance, and I don't seek equality because I don't fit either of those boxes. What I mm-hmm. am is unique because God didn't give me a twin, you know, where the DNA is is exactly the same, and you know, um, and and I'm not equal to you because I don't bring the thing the same thing to the table as you do. I want to be considered mm-hmm. on my own merit. I agree. I agree 100%. I think that we must remember um, even even as, as twins, you know, it's still a difference. You know what I mean? Because um, we always have this, this notion that everybody who look alike uh, think alike, if you will. Um, just because you're you know, you you and I share the same hue that we have the same mindset. And no, that's not true. That's not true at all. In fact, we need to be. What I, I think I was, that. Is what I would say, you know, uh, kin folk and skin folk. Mm hmm. 
I think that we need to at all costs fight to be individuals, fight to remain individuals and have our own identity. Um uh, and you know, I think part of the problem is is that everybody wants to be a follower. Nobody wants to be a leader because nobody wants to accept the responsibility that comes with leadership. You know, no one wants to under no one seems to understand that failure is a part of success. Failure is a part of growth. Failure is a part of strengthening your relationship through faith. Why? Because if you fail at at one thing um, and your relationship with, you know, your faith walk is, you know, you're a baby in your faith walk, you may succeed at a bigger thing simply by praying, fasting and growing in spirituality. Um, but you're able to recognize that success because one thing didn't, you know, like, okay, th- this didn't work out. You know, it it didn't work out. So what happens is God positions you to say, um, okay, this didn't work out. Instead of giving up, he positions it so that you consider a different perspective for whatever reason, right? And then you succeed at that avenue. You know what I mean? I do. So, um, go ahead. No, please. I'm sorry. Um, so what I was saying is, is, is that, you know, the, the leadership quality, like for for some reason, is lacking, and most of you know probably our generation and below, um, because because of I think of that simple concept, afraid to fail, so they would rather be among the masses and travel in the herd because if you travel in the herd, no one no one person is responsible for bringing in the food. We are responsible for, you know, bringing it in together. You know what I mean? Right. So if we don't eat, it's because we didn't bring in the food, not because I didn't. Not because I didn't do it. Right, right. Nobody wants to carry that kind of weight. Hmm. Wow. You know, when I was in, when I was in school, uh, I had a couple, a couple issues that I can think of. One, I was uh, uh, in a sense homophobic, loosely. Then I was also prideful. So lo and behold, I'm in school to get one of my licenses. I had to ask for help from uh, I don't know what they're called properly, but we used to call them sissies. Uh, back in those days, and put me in a position to where I had to humble myself and ask and get over my quote-unquote fear. Do you know what I mean? So, and, and that's how I became as part of the leader, being a leader. When you go through for the betterment of whatever you're trying to do for the mission, 
And now, when you know you you're able to teach someone else along those lines to how to overcome, and also when other people see you overcame, they tend to say, "Oh, well, it ain't so bad," you know. But no one wants to be that martyr for improvement. No, no. I mean, so let, let let's just think about this here. How? What is the difference when you, when you think about leadership qualities and? Non-leadership qualities, I guess. No, like, what are the qualities that one might have to make them uh, not be in fear of standing out, not be in fear of, you know, like, not being accepted or, you know what I mean? Like, what qualities would one, could one have to make them be more, Towards the leadership or aspect, um, then on the other side. Does that make sense? One, yes. One, you must know who you are. Once you know who you are and, and can identify who you are, then you'll realize. So, at me as a man, I realize that everybody else uh, is a man too. You know what I mean? One way or another. One man or a man. So, because I knew that, I knew that you aren't any different from me. Now, in that case where I was talking to the, about the uh, the guy that was in, in school with me, you're still a man. You're a person. I'm a person. Period. So because I, there was no fear in me, you know, I'm able to to, to deal with you accordingly. You know what I mean? But the problem is a lot of these people don't know who they are or the strength that they possess, right? They don't even know how to communicate and look a, look a person square in the eyes because they don't do that anymore. They don't know how to converse because they don't do that anymore. So we're not teaching them who they are. We're not. We're not. There's you get disappointed when your standards are low. I'm sorry, when your standards are high. When you run across someone and you're like, oh, my goodness, they can walk on water, then they can't walk on water. Now you're disappointed in them. But you shouldn't be disappointed in them because you put them up there. You follow me? So mm-hmm. we have to realize that one, I can't walk on water, so I'm not going to hold you to that level of greatness. You know what I mean? If I need help, the worst thing you can tell me is no. Have that been the first time I've been told no? No. Will it be the last time? Probably not. And we keep it moving. Or even you say yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever the case may be, it's not going to kill me. Mm-hmm. 
I've, I've had a situation before personally, you know, where, where uh-huh. I have um, experienced disappointment for, for putting or for, for thinking more of someone and they proved to be less. Mm. For whatever reason, you know, you know, maybe I maybe I thought more of someone simply because of the, the picture um, of their life that they painted. It's like, oh, you know, like man, you know, and then just um, you know, life happens in, in different sets of events, and you know, you you have deeper conversations with people, and you find out it's like, wait a minute, you know, like you ain't you're not the person. I thought you were, but the problem is, is I put them there um, inadvertently only because of my, uh, we, we form opinions of people. So only because of my opinion of them, I thought that they were something um, that they're not. But more than that, they appear to be something that they weren't because they fought hard not to show the imperfections. They fought hard not to um how do you say they faked it until they made mm. it? So um, the perception was, you know, they had no faults until I lived and grew closer um, to God and my faith walk. And then in, in just knowing a little bit about, not a whole lot, but a little bit about what the Bible says, um, about judging um, and having a conversation with the person that I put there, you know, they they too did ex- exactly, you know, they too sin. You know what I mean? Because they um, they they were a judge, right? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, well, wait a minute, now you can't. You can't preach or teach Bible to me if you're coming at me from a, from a judgmental state of mind. You know what I mean? Like so, um, just and that's just one example of situations. But I've had you know other situations where <coughs> I expected more than a particular person could could give. Um, you know, even with our son, like I, I expect him to, you know, put the dishes up almost like I do it simply because he sees my cabinets every day and I think that he would follow suit. But again, he's not where I am mentally. Um, his maturity level, level is not where mine is. But more than that, like things that come to me naturally as far as the kitchen is concerned are things that make sense to me don't appear to him that way. So I had to lower my standards, lower my expectations, because he's not thinking along those lines that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. His goal is trying to get the job done, not trying to get the job done like mom, because she's a woman. You know, she's in the kitchen all the time. I'm not in the kitchen all the time, so what makes sense to her doesn't make sense to me. Well, I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? So I had to lower my expectations in, in, in that aspect. So, um, but again, you know, like that's not he wasn't seeking acceptance of that or he wasn't seeking, you know, if if I'm looking to to make him equal to me, then I expect him to do everything the same. 
So I, I don't think that anyone can seek equality or acceptance and and get the same results. You're right. You're right. I, I, I had an issue. It always tell them tell them one of my guys. One of our issues is that we um, hold try to try to try to hold this this new generation, this current generation, to our standards, to the way that we were, and that's not fair. Even in that situation, if you would have taught him, you know, then maybe he would have had a different view, a different eye for it, but. You, you didn't, um, or you you taught him, but he was he could have been so busy just trying to impress you and get it done, to where he over he he overlooked the detail in it. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot, but one of the things, even in that, we still not communicating to find out what's really going on. Mhm. Just like our our older generation did with us. They did it. Oh, why? You, I don't understand why you wear your pants hanging off of you, and why the two sizes too big or what have you. You know what I mean? They wasn't trying to understand us. They were just too busy trying to get us like them. And actually, I'm kind of happy that they did. Truth. Me too. You too. Mm-hmm. But. That's what we forget. Yeah. So, when it comes to, let's think about this from the perspective of law and, and everybody. You know, we have the, the LGBT community fighting for equality, and um, we have women fighting for equality. I know we've had the conversation before, but after having this conversation, what are your thoughts on that? Should we be fighting for equality as women? I think or should we be fighting issue, for individuality? I think in fighting for equality or feminism or feminine dominance, they're snatching the individuality out. And now they're insulting and victimizing you in order to essentially get you to join the fight. So that's what made me honestly believe that it's bogus. I think that you should, it should be an individual thing. Fight for individuality. Does that make sense? It does. I'm sorry. What is your thoughts about that? Excuse me, I'm sorry. I, I think that when it comes to we had a call last week 
right? And had a guest on the call, a speaker on the call, and he said, man, the hell up. And he talked about the agenda to make men obsolete, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that what he said? Okay. So after putting some thought into that, and even talk about back in slavery times where um, slave masters would wouldn't deal with the men. They only wanted to deal with the women. And um, they basically, at any chance they, they could, they, um, you know, what do you call it? Like, I don't know, demasculine a man? You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, um, so... And, and and thinking more about that as it relates to this conversation, and I know this comment is going to get a whole lot of backlash and a whole lot of opinions, but everyone has their place. And I think that Women and men have their place. And when it comes to the creation of where it all began, women were created from the rib of man for a reason, as support, as what the Bible refers to as the help me. Not only as husband and wife, but in every sense of being a help me, um, in every sense of being standing by the side. We weren't created from the backbone, the rib, which is on the side, stand beside, um, to balance you all, if you will, to be that when you know, when you're enraged to be that soft-spoken voice to calm you down or, or when you need to be enraged to be that voice to get you enraged. I think that um, we need to take our place as women, not only, you know, like man up, but women need to take their place as women and be that. Um, I don't think that... I think, I don't think that, I'm not going to say there's not a place for women to run things in a sense. I think there is, but I think that place for a woman to do such a job or task is beside a man, not as I can do anything, you can do one better. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I think that. I think that God's intent was to have us walk hand in hand all along and not battle and fight um, each other. Again, I don't think that that's limited to being in a marriage. I think that that's overall. He didn't make 
skis from Adam's rib just so she could be his wife. Of course. He he made her for what? Because he said that what? Like it wasn't good for man to be, to be alone. alone. So to be a companion. Exactly. So when you look at just taking that thought process and applying it to everything, you know, overall, even if even if you take it and apply it to the the presidency, you know, the the president and the vice president, it's likely I don't know, I'm just reading the polls like everyone else is, but it's likely that, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can win the election. Okay? Why? Part of it is probably because they're in the right position. He is the president, she is the vice. Why? Because she, as the vice president, is the president's helpmate. See what I'm saying? So, maybe, you know, and, and that's just a guess, maybe um, that's the type of relationship that God wants all women and men to have um, is for for the woman to be, you know, not literally hand in hand, but hand in hand with the man to to be that helpmate. That's just what I think. I, I could be way off base, but I'm sure folk will let me know. I, I agree. I think that it's one of those things where, as a man, you gotta be in your role. You gotta know your role, and even as a woman, you gotta know your role and be in your role. That's everybody wants to blur the lines to where there is no specific roles for specific genders. Or specific sexes, excuse me. So, in our relationship, my role is the way we I define it, and I explain it to you. And your roles, how you explain it to me, and how you define it, and it works. It's not what society set for us; it's what God set for us. And we implement it in society. The problem is we land society overpower God and run over into our homes. And that's in almost everything, not just relationships, but in almost everything, including the workplace. With all these feminist movements and the me tools and the you tools and us tools and how tos, all that crap. People need to stop letting society run their household. People need to get back to um, the word straight up. I mean, I can't sugarcoat it. Get back to the Bible, um, you know, and 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 I think this whole again, this is my opinion. You know, and and my opinion is just that. There's no right or wrong to it. But in my opinion, I think that this whole culture of um, uh, 
uh, LGBT stuff, related stuff, is about sex, right, and sexual preference and, you know, um, or, or what have you. I think that while I think that I'm not saying that people should hide it, but I think that we have gone too far in glorifying um, sex out of wedlock. Um, and I know it's a sin, don't get me wrong, and I know people people done it. Shoot, truth be told, I've had sex out of wedlock. We've had sex out of wedlock. You know what I'm saying? But my, my point is this, is that if my child comes home at whatever age, and talk about, you know, come home at seven, you know, and, and, and say, you know, I like, or, you know, I like her, you know, and and mention some sexually explicit comment about another young lady, then I'm be a little bit outraged. If that same child comes home, and makes the same comment about someone of the same sex or of the same gender, then we don't we don't get outraged about that. We embrace it. We encourage it. We nurture that, and we make them grow into that. We make them grow into the the thought, or into the feeling, or or into the whatever to 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 accept the fact that. Oh well, he she liked girls, and he liked boys. <coughs> the fact of the matter is, at seven, we shouldn't be promoting sexual attraction. We shouldn't be promoting sex at all. I agree. You know, I agree a hundred percent. And um, one of the things that troubled me, then I'm going to introduce pastor to the line. You know, my son comes home and asks the question, you know, um, when am I going to become a girl? No, when was I a girl? When was I a girl, excuse me. And enraged. We were enraged. I mean, I can't get home fast enough. My phone died, and I'm doing, like, 90 in a 25, like, trying to get home. Because this, these conversations need to be had, and the sad part about it is this. We have to ask questions because you don't know where they're getting this from. You know, when we were young, we had an idea, you know, okay, you got this from this, you know, the little manager bought the street or what have you, little pissed guy around the corner or what have you. But nowadays, when they start talking about genders, uh, sexuality and sexes and all this, because when we were young, we didn't have genders. It was just sex, you know. But anyhow, now you have people who are pushing this. You have shows that's pushing this. So there's no telling where they pick it up from. And it's bad to where it's almost like, you know, you don't need to watch TV. You don't need to listen to music. You just need to sit here with earplugs in and blinders on. 
kind of like the movie Bird Box. Anyhow, mm-hmm. we're going to take this and pause right there and introduce Pastor to the line. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Good evening, ma'am. How are you guys? Good evening. Uh, well, thanks. Not too bad for, for, for a young man. <laughs> I hear you. Um, I had a comment to that right before uh, we, we let Pastor step in and um, take comments. But, by the way, this, this little boy is the same little boy who thinks that he can fly. He says, I can fly. This is the same little boy that a couple of months ago when you asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up, he says he wants to be a lion. So just to say, my point is this. They don't really know what's possible and what's not possible. They don't really have a clue as to how they came into this world. Maybe he thought that he had to be a girl before he became a boy. Who knows? Um, but the, the the mere fact of that, that some parents would have taken this and ran with it in another direction and, again, nurtured and encouraged some type of change um, it baffles me because if that's the case, I would tell him, well, baby, you know what? If you can fly, go ahead and fly down the steps. Don't walk down the steps. Just jump right here, fly to the couch, and, and get mommy a soda. You know what I mean? Or, you know, go ahead and fly to school today, and I, I'll come pick you up when we're done. Or, you know, as soon as you grow up, baby, you know, you, you're going to be that lion. So if my my thought process is, these kids can come up with some crazy things to say. And instead of teaching them right, we <laughs> we take it upon ourselves to, to to just nurture some of the wildest, craziest, strangest, strangest ideas that they could somehow change what God has already decided. But not to get too far off the subject, we're talking about um, acceptance, and equality, Pastor, is, is what we're talking about. And I think we, we've we gone off to a multitude of, of different types of scenarios here. No, I mean, um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, biblically speaking and personally speaking, um, I, I cannot disagree with what you said. Um, when God made man and woman, it was never supposed to be a competition. It was supposed to be a partnership. You know, it was never supposed to be anything other than this is your responsibility and this is your responsibility. It was, you know, nobody has to step on anybody else's toes. You know, we just got to know our role and play it. I mean, that's just all there is to it. So God never said that man was um, better than woman, more important than woman, none of that, you know. He said, I'm going to make you a helper that's suitable for you, someone that, you know, lines up with um, my will for your life, my purpose for the marriage, um, and everything, you know. So, uh, and then the couple has to do what the two of you did is sit down and define those roles and say, okay, this is what I bring to the table. And once y'all agree on that, you know, it should line up with the will of God. So you're right there on it. And as far as the children are concerned, um, one of the things that, you know, now in in school, 
um, just about anything goes because of the laws that have been written a certain way. And um, really what's supposed to happen is we're supposed to be planting the seeds in our children, you know, mm-hmm. but now the seeds have been planted from school. you got to come home, and then if you decide to nurture it, then he's going to believe he can fly down the stairs and get a soda. But you have to, you know, eliminate that. you got to be careful who's allowed to plant seeds in you because, like you guys said, used to it was just a little fast girl, a little fast boy. But now it's just, um, I mean, literally, I was watching TV a little earlier, um, the Lifetime channel, and uh, they're showing Christmas movies right now. And um, while they're showing these Christmas movies, when they have a, you know, a commercial break or whatever, uh, about halfway through the commercial break, they show it, I mean, it's several times doing one movie. Uh, you're going to see two guys kissing, I mean, passionately kissing each other. And that's, that's become the norm to the world, but we can't allow it to become the norm in our lives. We still got to control the narrative when it comes to our family and our, the rearing of our children and things of that nature. We, you know, whatever the world accepts, the Bible said that we're in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. So um, mm-hmm. regardless of the rules and regulations that are put into place, you know, our standards and ours, uh, things of that nature, ours comes from, you know, God. Our mandate comes from God. And so uh, that's what we have to model. So uh, it's rough out there now. It is because you don't know who's saying what. You don't know where um, to begin. And, and sometimes we fall for the okie doke and we go and try to um, fight the source that's doing it instead of making sure my kid's okay. Because while you're out there fighting, mm-hmm. they stop saying that. <laughs> now your kid is just going on flying down the stairs trying to grab soldiers, you know. And uh, so we got to make sure that we uh, get back to our responsibility, and that's uh, rearing our children in the right way. And um, to hear Ms. Quick say, you know, what I'm about to say, I know is going to, the comments are going to come. You know, it's sad that she has to, um, you know, ha- has to, Say something like that before. I mean, it's almost like, well, you know, God made me a man. God made me a woman. God made, you know, whatever. You're entitled to your opinion. That's well and fine. I'm not going. I'll respect every person's opinion. I, I would have no reason to argue with. The truth is not to be argued. It's to be lived. And so it's sad that she has mm-hmm. to, um, you know, um, say that before she, you know, uh, has to put out a disclaimer before she speaks the truth. You know, it's, it's sad mm-hmm. that we've gotten to that point, but we've got to get bold and say, as the Bible says, I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's what that mm-hmm. scripture says. It says. You choose, you know, whose report you're going to believe. A lot of reports mm-hmm. out there. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So that way you're not speaking mm-hmm. for them. You're letting them make their own choice. But you're making you know, the choice that you feel like is best for your family. So uh, whether they accept it or not, there's some things in your house that you're not going, you're not willing to accept. And so, like we said, whenever something like that happens, he's driving home 90 miles an hour in the 25, as he said, because you need to go make sure that thing is set right immediately. You don't need that to stay inside your kid, none at all. all. You just don't, you just need that, right. You got to get that out. Uh, quickly, you know, they say that anytime, you know, if you catch, I don't know, let's say there's a lady in our church now, she has, was diagnosed with um, 
uh, stage three breast cancer, and they told us that, you know, if you catch it soon enough, in other words, annual mammograms, I don't, I guess it's annual, I don't know, but, um, you know, it's easier to, to, to handle it if you get to it quicker. So same way with your kids, you know, if you leave that inside of him and he's got to figure it out with that young brain, He's got to try to make sense of all that. Now somebody else is going to add some water to it. Next thing you know, it's going to start to sprout. So Quentin has to get home and deal with that issue, um, and he has to be able to trust uh, Mr. Quick, Miss Quick, that I know where my truth comes from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we have mm-hmm. we have those conversations because um, I stand in to God on behalf of my wife and kids, you know. So when it comes to when it comes to that, I'm going to teach him and and, and if I'm wrong, God got to free me, you know what I mean? But I'm gonna teach him as I know. And that is in the forty one years that I've been on earth, I was never a woman. And son, right. you are the way that you are now and when you grow up you're gonna look like daddy. Right. That's simple. That's right. But again, That's if right. I'm wrong, God is the only one that can straighten me. I, I I do have a question because we were talking about this the other day, Pastor, you know, being in the world but not, but not of the world. Do you think that, yeah. and I, I think I already know your answer, but um, do you think that even as believers, we've gotten a little bit away from that with all of, and I want to call it buffoonery, I don't know if that's a word, but with all of this just mess going on, we have gotten to the point to where we're willing to accept um, crazy stuff mm-hmm. just just because it's, you know, just because we, we're of the world and, and we're not trying to we're trying to do God's work and at the same time not exclude anyone or leave anyone behind. So there's just some things we accept that's of this world, um, like, and move on. Oh, Pastor, you answer that. I'm on next. Go ahead, Pastor, but I won't. I'll leave a little bit for me. <laughs> you can go ahead and answer if you want to because she answered it herself. So go for it. <laughs> I, I think, I think, and 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 in fact, she um, she been this quick, trying to gave this to me some time ago. When things are natural, you don't have to force it. You don't you don't have to change what is natural because it's known, right? We know natural. We know our we have natural instincts to survive, right? But when something isn't natural, you almost kind of got to legislate it. To make it right, when you try to force something to be right, say same-sex marriage or same all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Once you you because it's not natural, now we gotta make sure that it's in the books. You follow me, so you can get accepted. We, you didn't have to force a man and woman because that's natural. That's part of the law of nature. That's that's that's, that's procreation. Mm-hmm. Just to be fruitful and multiply. You didn't have to put that in the book. 
you it's already me? in the book. The book that matters. Well, <laughs> agree. I'm just agree. But what I'm saying is now yeah. you got to legislate something to be recognized, something that's not natural, the unnatural, to get the same as the natural. That's why to me it was right. a bit insulting. I think that I, I, I think that we've gone too far with trying to change and trying to amend what God has already ordained. Right. I think we've gone too far. I know I know it's supposed to be the separation of church and state and stuff like that. I get that, but I think that I think that we've gone too far trying to interfere with God has already set in motion. But we're not separate. It's not a church and state. That's not the conflict. The conflict is the natural and the unnatural. The conflict comes because a man and woman procreate, and that's natural. That's what they do. You shouldn't be able to join in marriage. And this is just my ignorance, and I'm using it loosely. If procreation isn't possible. Not saying because of health issues, but I'm saying because natural two women can't make a baby and two men can't make a baby. And two women can't raise a family and two men can't raise a family. And when I say can't raise, they can take of the care power. of them. Yes, they can. But there's always going to be something missing, like, you know, and yes. uh, yeah, so you know, uh, uh, like you said, you know, we're God never did anything to where we're supposed to have to make something happen. We're supposed to just be able to let it happen. It's supposed right. to be a natural, you know, occurrence. And and just to show you, it's not just in the world with procreation. Um, I'll give you an example of the church, and God knows I, I don't know this man personally. Never met him. I, I, his, his intentions may be good, but this is just simply my example. You know, um, in an attempt, the, the church was had turned to this place where it was just only old people going. Young people had stopped going. They just, you know, they were tired. They were bored. They didn't understand what was being taught. They were just being told everything that they do is wrong. And so you had a uh, a season where music started picking up. I mean, the beat started picking up. It wasn't all this, you know, when I get over there, when I get to heaven, I'm going to sit down, you know, all that. They did something. They put some bump into it uh, to, to to draw the the, the the young people. And I remember mm-hmm. I was at a, a, a service, and, um, man, before I got up to preach, uh, they had this group of young people. It was just beautiful to see all those young people in the church. And they, when they hit the beat, you know, when they started playing the thing, you know, I'm sitting there patting my foot because I'm like, oh, that's that's it right there. But then I thought about what they were doing. It was Kurt Franklin, and he had a song called Stomp. Well, in my generation, mm-hmm. it was George Clinton, One Nation Under a Groove. <laughs> you know, yes, it was. Now, so now. Come on, so now. now. <laughs> so, so now, uh, I don't know whether they're listening to his lyrics or not. Um, you know that's that's on them. I'm, the beats got me moving, and man, that song went on and on. Those kids danced and hollered and jumped and ran. But as soon as I got up to preach, half of them were either asleep or sweating half to death or leaving. They didn't. 
it, the, the truth that I was speaking meant nothing. It meant nothing. And so even uh, Mr. Franklin's intentions of getting the young people, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to dip over here and get them, but I'm going to use a little bit of the sugar, you know, to make these vegetables taste better. And you can't mm. do that. You can't mix it, man. You you mix it. What you're doing is, yes, it may draw them, but, you know, you got to keep watering it down in order to keep them. And and that's unfortunate. And that's what we've done. We've, we've added a little bit, a little bit. And I'll tell you a story that this, this, this uh, guy told me once. I never forgot this story because it just made it plain to me. He said that this guy... Uh, this kid kept going out night after night after night, every weekend, doing what he had to do. And so the, his mom and dad kept telling him, don't do it, don't do it. You know, you can't do that. And he just kept saying, all I'm doing is having a good time. And what happened was he come in one day, and uh, his mom was sitting there, and she was making some of his favorite cookies. And he was sitting there, and she didn't say anything. And all of a sudden, she reached down on the floor and picked up some of the, the dog's droppings and mixed it in with the, you know, the the, cake, the the cookie dough. And just kept, he said, Mama, what are you doing? And she said, nothing. And he said, Mama, but you can't do that with the cookie. You can't do that. And she said, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a little bit. You know, <laughs> and that's the way it is. For a lot of us, we feel like a little bit is okay. But now he wasn't willing to eat that cookie, even with that little bit of droppings in it. And that's the way we want to do God. We just want to, you know, uh, I just want a little bit of God or as long as it's got a little bit of the world in it, we'll be okay. A little bit of sin can do a whole lot of damage. You know, when we try to yield to the world's ways and we vote in things that we don't realize is not just damaging us, but as someone that grew up in a single-parent home, my dad wasn't there, and it, 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 it damaged me. You know, I'm okay. I am, but I did miss out on some things coming up that I should have gotten. Now, don't get me wrong. God fills the void, and, uh, you know, I learned the lessons I needed to learn, and all is well. But because he wasn't there, you know, and, and what makes me, helps me to stop feeling sorry for myself is the fact that, okay, that people being raised by uh, two men, and one's calling themselves the husband, one's calling themselves the wife, you know. Now, God don't hate the sinner. He don't hate the sinner at all. He loves everybody, but he does hate the sinner. He, he he does hate the sin. And so that becomes natural to the kid that's being raised. So now guess what? They'll go out and they'll, you know, imitate the atmosphere. And now what we're doing, really, to be honest with you, is eliminating the human race and not knowing it. Because mm-hmm. if only men carry each other, all women, then guess what? Now, now all of a sudden you're going to start seeing in these senses, you're going to start seeing where, you know, uh, the number of children being born is really dropping. But we're really doing a damage, a disservice, and we're being disobedient to God. We're being Moses, disobedient Moses. to God. So, go ahead. No, no, no. I, that's all I had to say. And again, for everybody that's listening, that's my opinion. I base that off of my belief, and I'll stand on that to the day that I die. But I will also respect what you have to say. You don't have to prove anything to me. And I'm not going to prove anything to you, but I promise you this. At some point, the Bible said that there's going to come a time where every knee is going to have to bow. We're going to have to give an account for, myself included, all the things that we did that was against uh, God's word, knowing, knowingly and unknowingly. We, 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 you know, God gives us those children. We are 
we're their, they're our responsibility. And if we don't rear them in the way that they're supposed to go, you know, they're not, they'll pay for it in their lifetime, but we're going to pay for it because God holds us accountable. He holds us accountable. Simple. They pay in a whole other way, but, you know, they're going out and they're confused. But, I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, there's just some things that don't belong in some places. That's just, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. uh, there's there's some places that are exit only. Ain't no entrance to, and you know mm-hmm. that's that's just the way it is. So I stop right there. You know, it was this this this, this lady. She was an actress. She actually got blackballed because of this stance. She was saying how if two men was on an island, you know, that would be. You know, island probably half the stuff wouldn't work, but uh, the likelihood of, of, of procreation isn't there. If two women was on the island, she said, although it may be good conversation, it still doesn't do anything for the human race. But if a man right. and a woman was on the island, that island could be populated, and that's exactly the the, the stance that I have. You know. We need to we need to celebrate the birth of children. We need to celebrate um, family because it's, that's how you populate the world with good people. You know what I mean? Now, how you, how you raise them, they may they may be good, they may not be good, but the fact that they start out good, the fact that they that God has something else to work with, is um, is a blessing. So that's what we should celebrate. We, we if you can't do what God I guess ordained for you to do as a man and a woman, which is procreate, um, then it's kind of like a slap in the face, isn't it? He he didn't ordain you to raise kids; he ordained you to be able to to bear children, correct? Well, he told us to 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 be fruitful and multiply. Let me tell you something: when you got one times one, it's going to equal one. It will not it will not add a thing to it. Be fruitful and multiply. You put a woman and a woman on that island. It's gonna stay just that same island. You put a man and a man there, it's gonna stay the same. You put a woman and a man there, you'll probably end up with a resort because that's what it has the ability to multiply. It has the ability right. to to be fruitful. That's the only mm-hmm. way you can do it. Same way in the animal kingdom. You know, I've heard reports over the years. You know, they're saying, well, this animal was was gay, and you know, all this, that, and the other. You know. But you know, I've never seen it, and I grew up around animals. I knew, I know that the, 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 um, you know, the male always knew where the female was, knew how to to mount her. They they knew. They just, I don't care if it was from pigs to, um, you know, and and you you know you had a bull a boar hog and then a a sow. You know you. The horses, you 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 just knew. They knew what to do. You didn't see two males mounting each other. You just never saw that. Um, I mean, and that's just the way. That's the natural order of things according to God and God's word. And I know that there are people that uh, do love each other. That do love a man loves another man, a woman loves another woman. And I'm not going to try to take that from anyone. Uh, you know, if that's who you love, that's who you love. But I'm just saying, biblically speaking, God still loves you. And what you're doing is no more out of the order than me overeating or me, you know, stealing or me, you know, harming somebody. 
sin is just sin. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, what you're doing is worse than what I'm doing. I'm saying it's all sin. But I'm also saying, you know, um, you know, me going out there stealing is a sin, and I can uh, stop procreation too because guess what? If I get caught and I end up going to prison for the rest of my life, then guess what? There's children that could have been born that won't be born. Why? Because I'm out of position. I'm out of the order of God. So we got to look at it you know, mm. in a broad manner and not think that, you know, what they're doing is just going to destroy the world. What destroys the world is sin and what takes us to hell. People think you go to hell for being a homosexual or you go to hell for, um, you know, for stealing or, or killing somebody. No, you don't go to hell for those things. You go to hell for not accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's what you go to hell for. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. That's that's not the case. Nobody's trying to tell whoever's, you know, maybe living this lifestyle. Nobody's trying to tell you that. God don't love you. Nobody's trying to tell you that you're not as good as everybody else. In the eyesight of God, the Bible said we're all just filthy rags. You know, if I'm telling a lie, then God looks to frowns upon me. If you're sleeping with a man, then God frowns on me. If I'm sleeping with another woman outside of my marriage, God frowns on me. It's all sin. There's no level to this thing. But we do damage because Again, we're not we don't have the ability to uh as as quick said procreate. We don't have that ability. And then we uh damage the minds of uh people, you know, that's watching us because they'll feel like, well they're doing it, it's okay. Because my kids growing up, if they saw me doing something, I mean that was like the law right there. They didn't know God, they didn't know the Bible. Daddy did it. If if daddy did it, it's all right. I mean it's literally all right, you know, I grew up around some of my uncles that smoked, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I used to love to do is they would let me light their cigarette, you know, and, and, and that was all mm-hmm. well and fine. But what happened was they started making this candy. Uh, y'all probably never heard of this, and it looked like little cigarettes. They had a little, little red cigarette. thing on With the neck. With the fire on the end and everything. That's it. That's, yeah. it. That's it. And I would get those things, and I would keep them in my mouth, Man, I couldn't wait to do it. I was just next thing you know, I was slipping, and when they would tell me to light their cigarette, I well, I ain't gonna say steal one. I take one, but I was really stealing it, putting it in my pocket. And when I get away from everybody, I tried to to puff puff on one, you know, or whatever. So I was doing it because I was imitating them. I didn't know what kids are not born knowing what sin is. Not they don't know what husband and wife is. I mean, you know, how many uncles have we had over to our house? Oh, that's just uncle. Someone's so staying over here. That wasn't their uncle. That you know that was sugar daddy over there. But that's all they know. Mm. Uncle, whatever, stay with me for a long time. So we're not better than anybody. We're we're not. I'm I'm a sinner just like everybody else. Please know that. We're, but we're only talking about this. This we can damage children. We can damage their mind, their future. We can damage this world where they start putting in laws. It's sad that you got more laws to protect, you know, gay marriage than you have traditional marriage. It's just mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just a travesty, you know. But that's the way that it is. You get in gay marriage, you can get benefits, and depending on what state that you're in. But the, um, uh, on traditional marriage, you got to go through hell and high water sometimes because are you the first wife, or how long have you been divorced, or yeah, just all types of things. So it it's. Uh, it's a problem. It's a major problem. 
It is, and in addition to it's the same thing with with with, with, with heterosexuals, you know. Uh, homosexuals, you know, can go out and be disrespectful and do whatever they feel like they big and bad enough to do. But a heterosexual do it, now it's offensive. You know what I mean? That's to, right. uh, to other folk. And and, and to right. piggyback on that, I, I, I may mention to to my wife that, I, like, I'm not, like, I'll, I'll, it's going to be bad next year if, 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 you know, if one president went over to another because it's going to give people the, the rights to think that they can do, they're going to think they had the right to do what they want to do and it ain't gonna go that well with me and I'm gonna end up doing this, getting in trouble. Because and it's not because of your preference, but it's because you disrespected me. You know that's not my preference. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the issue the issue with, with that and, and it and the fear to my wife because how strong I am about respect. You, you you come to me, you know, y'all got a whole field over there. Play your field. Don't try to come over here and recruit from ours. We're not trying to come over there to recruit from y'all's. <laughs> so what makes you think that you're, you you know, and it was the same way when people thought when our current administration was in office that, that the racist was able to come out. So I feel the same thing about the, the homos. They're going to come out and feel as though they can say and do what they want to do without repercussion. That's the fear. A lot of people feel like, you know, if I give you my vote, then I got your support, and you're going to, you know, uh, push my agenda. And I don't care if it's, you know, rich folk. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's uh, black folk. I don't care if it's uh, gay folk. It don't matter who it is. You know, I give you my vote, and I'll get this group behind you. Same thing with uh, evangelicals. You know, all the pastors just, just go, okay. Now, I give you my vote, and that means, you know what, now I'm going to be able to uh, get some things passed that's going to help me build this building, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's, 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 it's amazing when all of us should be standing on truth, standing on truth. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. You know, we got to make a, you know, when the Bible said choose you this day who you're going to serve, you know, um, who everybody votes for, that's their own business. They have a right. And uh to do what they want to do, but I think it's important for us to be make it known that you know don't call, we want to be the world knows you as a Republican or a Democrat, but do they know you as a child of God? You know, I get mm-hmm. stuff in the mail at least once or twice a week that reminds me I'm a registered this and I'm a registered that. I got something in here recently that showed my voting history. Myself, my wife, my oldest son, it showed our voting history. Okay, so. Automatically, I've been labeled that says, "Okay, uh, come November third, they automatically know pretty much. Okay, you can count him because he he votes this way or that way, or maybe because I'm, you know, uh, a black man, then some of them feel as though that automatically means Democrat or whatever. But my thing is uh, about the whole thing is it's not really so much about the voting as it is about, you know." Do I know who I am, and do folk know who I am? Am I going to stand for truth regardless of who's in office? Because the Bible, when it talks about election, it says that the government is on his shoulders, talking about God. It's on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. He, that's, that's who we're supposed to lean and depend on. So, you know, in order for me to get in office, I got to I gotta, I gotta bend over. I got to touch my toes. I got I to gotta take whatever they're going to give me because the only way I'm going to – Get elected is I got to 
uh, agree with some stuff that I don't necessarily allow in my family, but I'll say what I got to say to get elected. So it's going to be very interesting because you hear some say whoever gets the gay vote, they're going to win. Whoever gets the women's vote, they're going to win. Whoever gets the suburban women vote, they're going to win. Whoever gets the black vote. So we're all divided. You know, you know, and uh, I don't know who said it. I don't know if it was Dr. King. I don't know if it was Malcolm X. I have no clue who said it. I've just heard it over the time. They said there was no such thing as black race or white race. It's just the human race. You know, mm-hmm. but we've gotten away from God's plan. That's just all there is to it. We've gotten away. And I believe that half of the hell is going on as we're being called on the carpet to say, okay, now what are you going to do? You quick, you said you love your wife, so now you know, during a shutdown, uh, and you can't go anywhere or do anything else. Let's see how much, how, how, how y'all can get along. You know, uh, uh, Pastor, you said that, you know, what you, you love your wife and kids. You enjoy being with them. Let's see how you handle it whenever you got all four of them right there with you for several months. You know, we're being called on the carpet to say, who do we trust in? Who do we believe in? You know, if you go in and sleep and you can't sleep because, you know, it was a test for me. Uh, can you pray for the president? He's the president. Well, don't matter how I feel about him personally. Can you pray for him? If the if the next president, a different president comes in, can I pray for him? That's my responsibility. And, you know, I shouldn't get caught up like Ice Cube is caught up right now with trying to explain myself to this race and trying to get this done. Look, man, listen, um, I'm going to keep my hand in God's hand. That's the way I feel about it. And uh, yeah, let the chips for what it may. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, <laughs> I don't care who in office, guys will be the same. So that's that. My problems don't go that high. Deals don't come this low. Ms. Quick, what's your thoughts? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. God is God, don't matter who the president is. Nope. Now, if if, if God jumps shit, we're in trouble because uh, the bottom line right. is right. Regardless of who's in office, Quick still got to go to work in the morning, you know, and it don't matter if it's a Democrat or Republican, he still got to go to work in the morning. And that's just the way that it is. And uh, can one or the other make life more difficult or make the world, um, you know, more divisive or whatever? Sure, that's definitely so. But at the end of the day, the Bible never tells me to trust in Joe Biden or Donald Trump or, God forbid, Kanye West. It tells me to trust in the Lord with all my heart and don't lean to my own understanding. If either of those presidents go in, it's amazing. It doesn't matter who's in office. We always eat. We always survive. And so really, to be honest with you, you know, um, <laughs> we, we, we've messed the system up. And because it's so messed up, you know, uh, we pay the price for it every four years. I mean, we it takes something to, you know, the Bible talks about the world's kingdom and God's kingdom. And if we were in God's kingdom, that means he's the king, his rules and regulations go. But that ain't the way we, we don't want that. We want to be in charge. And uh, so now we've got all of these rights, all of these, you know, you can't even keep up with them. You, you can't even keep up with them. You can put your neck on a black man and kill him, but if you do it with a uh, someone that's gay or whatever, now you you cross the line because of the law against that. And that's that's uh, unfortunate. It's wrong, you know, but uh, that's the world we live in. So, again, 
everybody out there that has, you know, defined themselves or decided that they want to live a gay lifestyle or whatever, I want you to know, first of all, God loves you. I want you to know I love you. I'm praying for you. have nothing against you. I'm not better than you are. Matter of fact, I've probably done some stuff that's worse in my own eyes, but in the eyesight of God, you know, all of it's wrong. So, look, man, I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm praying for you. I want you to do the same for me. But I want you to examine your own life and say, okay, biblically speaking, can I do what God is asking me to do? You know, my thing is um, everything he's asked me to do, I can do it, but sometimes I choose not to, and I'm wrong for that. You know, so I'm right in that area where, you know, I'm not in a homosexual relationship. I'm not attracted to men. I've never been intimate with a man, have no desire to be with a man. So so guess what? I get an A in that column. Okay, but now you come over here in a few more of those columns. Man, I ain't, I ain't even making the grade. I don't even make a D. I'm straight F. So, uh, you know, again, we all need God in some area, some way, shape, form, or fashion. And, uh, so I don't want anybody to be offended. I want them to be informed. And when you're informed, you don't hate anybody. You just want to be the best that you can be. You know, I want to be the best man, the best father, the best friend, uh, the best husband, um, and whatever God has created me to be, I want to be that. If I can do that, you know what? I got a full day and I don't have a, um, you know, no right to be messing in your stuff and telling you that you're wrong. I just want to tell you, you know, it's never my responsibility as a pastor to tell anybody who's uh, wrong. It's my responsibility to tell them what's right, not who's right, but what's right. So that's what I try to live by. Don't always do it, but that's my goal right there. So y'all lift your head up, man. Let's get this thing right. Well, I might be – I might not be right, I might not be wrong, but I tell you, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be truthful, I'm gonna be honest with you. You dig? That's all. That and only my only measurements that I'm holding you to is the ones that God has put before me, because I don't know what's right or what's wrong. I just know what He told me, and what He told me was that, you know, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> and now I then I add my own logic of nature, and you can't do that with same sex. That's it. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I just know that's what that's what the truth is. So you don't get upset with me. Get upset with the truth. Hey, if the, if the sign says fifty-five and you get pulled over for doing ninety-five, you don't you can't change it. It's the law. It's written. It's the law. It's right. You it can't change. You can go to court all day long and they ask you what were you doing. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I was doing ninety-five. Okay, but the sign says fifty-five. I know that, but with nothing else on the road, don't matter. You broke the law. And that's the same way. And whenever we read that Bible, that is the law. That's the final authority. And when we break it, the only thing we can say is, like you just said, quick, I didn't write this thing. All I can do is just say, hey, there it is right there. There it is right there. So, And that's what we have to do, man. We don't have to beat them over the head, but we have to tell them, okay, there's the, the, the in Genesis, that's that, that's that 55 sign. And you, you stepped outside of it, and now there's a price to pay. And uh, probably you, you know, you you learn from it. We we no, nah, but you know the problem is it's a lot of people that don't like that accountability factor, and they're yeah. gonna search high and low to find one person that agree with their bad idea for it to be a good idea. Mhm. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, you can, and that's why the Bible also covers it and says, you know, don't add nothing to it. Don't take anything away from it. Because depending who's telling that thing, they'll tell it from their perspective and use it. You're never supposed to take that Bible and beat nobody down. It don't work like that. Right. Because it, says, it tells you, but it also says lean not on your own understanding, and it says seek wise That's counsel. Right. Wise counsel. That's right. That's right. Just because you agree with me don't mean it's wise counsel. You can't give me a reason why what we're doing is right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So then it's probably not wise, or that right. wise anyway. Well, we level. We don't know. Let Let me say this time to introduce another caller to the line. Nine six four seven. Good evening. Good evening. How's everybody tonight? Thanks for asking me. I don't know what the topic is, but I wanted to listen in because I just got in, and maybe I have something to speak on as I hear more of what the topic is tonight. Thanks for acknowledging me, and thank you all listeners oh. in Radio Land, all in the in the sound of his ear. And I want God to continue to bless them, take care of everybody, family that can hear my voice, and that God love you, and He's your grace, and He's the Most Highest. And I thank Him every day, all day. Well, thank you. God bless you too. But the the truth. Pastor, and Miss Quick, is that when you when you I guess when you have the truth, that's the standard. You don't need acceptance or equality because you have the truth. Yes, sir. And the only thing that's going to make us free, according to the Bible, is not money, it's not political affiliation, it's not status. The Bible said that you got to know the truth, and that's what makes us free. That's where the freedom comes. We got to know the, pr- tr- pr- the truth. And what he means by knowing the truth, that don't mean just reading it, but applying it to your life. When we do that, there's a freedom that comes along with that. I don't have to look over my uh, shoulder. I don't have to please anybody. As long as I'm knowing and living this truth, then uh, I can live a life of freedom, a life of joy, a life of peace. But so, you know, it don't matter how much money you have. The truth is the only thing that makes us free. Prayer don't even make you free. You know, you can pray about it, but if you're not willing to do what's necessary when you finish praying, you're going to remain bound. And so we've got to know the truth, and that truth will eventually set us free when we apply it to our lives. Now, one of the, that's one of the, the most difficult parts that um, a lot of people will have have issues with is just the application. You know, well, yeah. the Bible was written in a time. Well, we don't have mm-hmm. all the things that we have going on now. You know, that's the excuse that people may use. But right. what can you tell them about that? Well, first of all, that's what makes God's love so unique and so special. He knows. He knows ahead of time that you're in flesh. He knows that you're going to miss the mark. He knows that. And the first thing he tells you is that he loves you. You know, but God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Another thing that he tells you is that, you know, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. And by ignorant, he means I don't want you unlearned. I want you to know this truth. There is a truth here. And so I'm going to give you some rules, some regulations to follow 
And I'm also going to give you examples of people that didn't follow the rules, and this is what happened to them, and folk that did follow the rules, and this is what happened to them. That's what the Bible is basically broken down uh, to. And uh, he'll tell you simple things like be anxious for nothing. In other words, he's saying don't worry. Okay, well, Lord, if you don't want me to worry, then explain that further. You keep reading, and it'll say, look at the, the birds of the air. He said, they don't work, but I feed them every day. And if I feed the birds, I'm going to feed you. You know, he says simple things just like that to let you know, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. You know, and all you got to do is just be obedient and do what I ask you to do, and everything is okay. So he knows that uh, you're, you're not perfect, you know. If and when the day comes that we, you know, go to heaven or whatever, it ain't going to be because we were perfect. It ain't going to be because of that at all, you know. Uh, and heaven is not based off of a, a A, B, C, D rating or anything like that because uh, we, we some of us just barely going to get in there. But, hey, man, as long as I get in, that's what matters. That's what matters. So we don't have to live a perfect life, you know. We don't We don't have to do that. God knows that we can't do that. But we should strive for perfection. We got to know God's rules and then do our best to try and apply them. And whenever we mess up, you, I say it like this: After you mess up, fess up. Go back and say, "Hey God, I it, it beat me down today. I, that test whipped my butt, you know, and, and and I need some help with that." And that's why you have church and Bible study and things like that. I know that that's one of the most boring places in the world. If it's not explained properly, and if it's explained where you can get it, now you say, okay, now I got enough to go back and try this again, and that, that's that's basically all it boils down to, right there. You got to find a place that uh, that fits your needs, that explains things the way that you can receive them, and then we 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 learn, we grow, even in our failures, we grow. As a matter uh-huh. of fact, you can learn more from failing than you can from succeeding. You know, absolutely, and. Uh, and so from that, man, that, that's all it is. And so it begins, it becomes to be just a, a, a daily walk. Some days you nail it. Some days, man, some days you knock it out of the park. Other days, man, you strike out. Yeah, you strike out. But guess what? God loves you enough to say, I'm going to give you another shot at this. You know, so that, that's what you got to do. So you don't have to manipulate the Bible. And don't you let anybody beat you over the head, you know, with, you know, telling you all the things you're doing wrong. Don't don't let nobody do that to you. Don't let that, and don't let anybody take a story. And I'll use that as an example. The Bible said that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of homosexuality and all of that. There was a way a whole lot more sin going on in that those cities than homosexuality. Yeah, there were men trying to get at other men, but also there was a father in that same story that told those homosexual men, the homosexual men said, where are those men that you let in here? We want to we want to have our way with it. Nah, don't do that. I said, but I got two daughters over here that's never slept with anybody. I'll give them to you. So you had a father pimping out his own daughters. But the only thing people hmm. want to talk about in there is homosexuality. And so that's not right. That's not right. That's unfair to the homosexual community. That is absolutely wrong. You had a father that's going to be a pimp? Come on now. So, you know, don't let anybody beat you over the head with their doctrine or with their Bible. You get that thing and you read it. And when you don't understand it, you find somebody that will help you uh, to get an understanding. And, man, you know, it's a daily walk. It's a daily challenge. And uh, like I said, some days you get it right. And the other days, man, 
you you don't even sniff it. <laughs> but you know that's that's the good part about God. He'll give you, as we say, He's a God of a second chance. He really, really is. And you're absolutely right about that. You know, I'm not valedictorian in in the church. I'm not. Nah. You know, but uh, uh, I did graduate summa cum laude from the streets. <laughs> one thing I, I, I can say. One thing I can say is the journey in that balance to get become to where I can sit in the church. Maybe not in the pulpit, not even in the choir stand. But I'm cool with just sitting in the middle section, like the third (laughs) row from the back. Yeah, you (laughs) still good with that. I just need to be there, right? Because the the, the knowledge and the lessons and also the application, that's the part Mm -hmm. that, that we go. But we get so turned off because we're trying to get acceptance. I don't need the church to accept me. I don't. No, I can care less if they accept me. I need to go no. and get the word because I know God treats all His children equally. That's, That's right. That's right. That's right. Right there. That's it. And the Bible clearly says we blame God for what stupid people do. You know, people will make you think, okay, I've been here this long. I've been doing this this long. You know, you got to get to my level. You got to please me. You got to get my approval. That's not how it works. This is what God said in his word. He said, you know what? I'm no respecter of person. I love everybody the same. I don't love you more than that. I don't do that. But God gets Mm -hmm. a black eye because of the way people present him. And God's like, I ain't never say that. He told you that, you know, because people will say, well, if God was the same, why does he do this? Why does he do that? Well, people said that. God never said said that, you know, so – and that's the other thing, man. Stop trying to please people. Don't, 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 don't. You will never please people, man. As soon as you please no. people, that one's going to be unhappy with you. So. No. You're going to be dead <laughs> and gone, and they're still going to be insatiable. <laughs> yeah, they'll be complaining about where you buried them at, man. <laughs> where you buried them at. That's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my okay, goodness. Man. It's time. You got to get ready to go do your uh, – do your thing, man. Yeah, man. But real quick, man. Go on and plug in, in man. Yeah. You got to plug man, in, man, before you go clock in. Yes, sir, brother. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate that, man. Uh, listen, everybody, if you want to, and it's a choice, it's an option, love God. I appreciate this, um, you know, this opportunity. But, um, you know, one of the things I, 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 I love to do is just have prayer. And uh, no denominational type thing. We just talk to God. But every night... 11 p.m. Eastern Time, you can dial in, and that number is area code 605-313-4822, 605-313-4822, and then you enter code 166-829. And uh, you can dial that number at 11 p.m. Eastern Time every night or 6 a.m. Eastern Time every morning. We like to start our day and end our day with prayer. And there's no names called. It's not connected to uh, a church. This is something individually that I've been doing now for about, I think, 13 or 14 years. Um, and uh, I'd love for you to call. We get you on and get you off in less than 10 minutes' time or so, somewhere around in there. And uh, on Sundays, if you want to join a service on Sundays or on Wednesdays, um, 
every Sunday at 10 a.m. and every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And the meeting ID, this is over Zoom, uh, the meeting ID is 661-994-1991. And then the password is uh, just Calvary, C-A-L-V-A-R-Y. So we'd love to have you, and uh, we try not to keep you too long. And uh, we do what has to be done prayerfully, try to help the, as many people as we can, from kids to everybody else. So, Mr. Quick, thank you for the plug, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, not a problem, man. I really do appreciate everything you've done, and I love you dearly, my brother. Um, man, if you will, let's you. go ahead and pray us out, man, so you can go, go handle your business. Yes, sir, let's get it. Lord, thank you so much for um, the subject matter tonight. Lord, I, I just really want to thank you that for a forum where we can talk openly about everything. And, Lord, what we spoke tonight, we based it off of your word and off of our relationship with you. By no means, God, we're saying that we're better than anybody else. We're saying that you love everybody the same. Nobody on you has to please us, nor do we have to please anybody. But, God, we just wanted to give you the glory out of getting this. I pray that it will cause somebody to look at their lives and say, you know what, I don't necessarily agree with them, but, you know, I have to respect the fact that they're still loving me and still praying for me, and they're admitting their faults also. God, I pray right now that tonight that we will all step up and fulfill our responsibilities. Whatever God has created us to do and whatever purpose he's placed on our lives, help us to be about that. Help us to point, stop pointing fingers at the wrong everybody is doing and help us to take on our responsibility. Help us to stop trying to please people and help us to stop trying to prove ourselves and just live our lives. And as Quick and Miss Quick was talking about earlier, Lord, we don't have to go out and make anything happen. All we got to do is let it happen. So thank you so much. I pray that you will bless Quick and his wife. I pray that you will bless uh, from the street to the pulpit. I pray, God, that you will just keep your hand on all of us. And may it be a forum where we can speak openly and clearly, and may it be a blessing to everybody that listens. Thank you so much. Keep us in your care and cover us in your blood. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, that concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pool Party. I'm hosting number one with Ms. Quick and Pastor Robinson and Dr. Toyn and his absence. Remember, you're too strong to conform. We only seek acceptance from God, and we want equality amongst God's people. Love God. Love yourself. Love each other. Wash your hands and be safe. Peace. It's been too hard to live it, but I'm afraid.
But I know 